0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the His Top Ones channel. Today, we're going to check out Romans chapter 14. So let's do Bible study together. So we have actually learned uh, 1 through 13. So if you're new uh, for the first time, you can check out my previous videos. There's an actual playlist, a Romans playlist. So you can actually start From Romans chapter one and catch up with us. So you are welcome. If this is your first time, if you're returning, thank you for showing back up. So today what we're going to need is some time, of course, you know, you can actually separate or break this over in a week. You know, you can do 20 minute segments, you can do 10 minute segments, and just really take your time to meditate on Romans chapter 14. So set your atmosphere, put on your best candle, um, get your best house shoes on, and just snuggle in and just enjoy that time with you and God. You can find this translation, it's the Christian Standard Bible on BibleGateway.com, and you should be able to find a Bible app. And of course, for those of you who like to do Bible journaling, scripture writing, you can just use this video, grab your highlighters and your journals, and we'll be ready to jump right in. But before we get started, let's start with our scripturally or spiritually focused breathing. And um, you'll see that term there called the Ruach. And so if you haven't listened to the previous videos, you can go to gotquestions.org and there's a great article. On the ruach and basically it's just a word or a term in Greek in Hebrew I'm sorry that stands for the wind of God or the breath of God or the Spirit of God so when we breathe and we inhale through our nostrils and exhale we're actually breathing in the very ruach the breath of God that he's given us that to sustain us That has given us life so today we're gonna combine two techniques the breathing technique with Lectio Divina I'm going to read uh, the scripture four times and then you're just gonna take slow breaths inhaling and exhaling in between and so you can use your journal along with this and as you um, as I read the scripture as words or phrases step out at you or the holy spirit illuminates for you you can go ahead and jot those down and again i'll be reading it four times and the last time we'll do it slowly Um, and again this is a process called lectio divina if you want to look into it so take a deep breath through your nostrils on the count of three one two three exhale slowly Remember, we are using the Ruach, breath of God. So Matthew 23, verse 27, out of the Passion Translation. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. Inhale. Exhale slowly. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. So take note of what word or phrase that steps out at you or that the Holy Spirit is illuminating. Inhale. Exhale. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. So if you have a question or if you want to take a moment to just commune with the Holy Spirit, you can do that as well. Inhale. Exhale. Last reading, you can even insert your name, love the Lord your God, or I will love the Lord my God with every passion of my heart, with all the energy of my being, with every thought that is within me. So let's just, before we get started, again, we're just setting our atmosphere. So when we read God's holy word, that it's our spirit that's participating and our mind is supporting us and all the other gifts he's given us. So let's pray together. We want to just invite God into this study time. Our Father, we thank you for giving us life. We know that this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, as we open your holy word today. May we see all that you intend for us to see by the power of your, your actual Holy Spirit. Today we come into agreement for all of our needs and we believe that you will provide. We receive the refreshing that you provide every time we open your holy word. Breathe upon us like never before and have your way in, for, and through us. Today we decree thy kingdom come, thy will be done for us as it is in heaven. May no weapon be formed against us this day. May we continue to live the third John two life and prosper in our souls. We thank you God that we get to participate in your kingdom. These things we pray in the precious name of your son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So with that said, this brings us into our time of worshiping God. And notice the process. We're breathing, we're settling down. You know, hopefully we have on a uh, uh, we have our I like to I saw this phrase earlier this week. The divine atmosphere has been set. And so as we continue, we want to spend this time in worship together. And our worship is going to be based on Psalm 29, verse 2, in the Passion Translation, and it reads, Proclaim His Majesty, all you mighty sons of Yahweh, giving all the glory and strength back to Him. Be in awe before His Majesty. Be in awe before such power and might. Come come worship wonderful Yahweh, arrayed in all His splendor bowing in worship as he appears in the beauty of holiness. Give him the honor, do his name. Worship him wearing the glory garments of your holy priestly calling. Man, that is an amen and an amen. So just take this time and worship the father in your own way with your own words. Yes, we proclaim his majesty, all you sons and daughters of Yahweh. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. He's majestic in all of his ways. You are worthy, O oh God, to receive glory and honor, God. Tell him how much he means to you. Yes, Jesus. There's no one like you, God. We give you the honor and the praise. We give you the honor do your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are majesty. Thank you, Lord. For your glory, your glory, your glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. So if you want to pause this recording and continue worshiping, don't allow anything to stop your worship. So as we continue on and you're continuing on with us, let's think about why we do what we do, that we don't just read just for reading's sake. But we're reading based on John 17, 3, so that we may come, look at that, to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with and understand God the Father, that he is the only true and real God. And what else? To know Jesus Christ as the Christ, as the anointed one, as the Messiah whom God has sent to us. And so as we do, we are acting like the Bereans that they're actually found in Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 11. We're reasoning together. We're doing this Bible study time together. So with that said, let's start and look at our name for God this week. And that name is Shub Nefesh, Shub Nefesh. And that means the renewer of life, the refresher of the soul. My goodness. And you can find this. There's a book called The Hundred Names of God, Daily Devotion by Christopher Hudson. You can find that on Amazon. And I and I believe I know they actually have a Kindle version. But think about that. Repeat that with me. Shabnafesh, renewer of life refresher of the soul. So I don't know about you. I need to have my soul refreshed daily. Um, and it's a good, a good scripture to actually see this is look at Genesis two, seven, and it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. That's why we did our exercise, the breath of life and man became a living Nefesh, a living soul. And so we can't even live without the very breath of God. So we give praise and honor to Shub Nefesh. He is the sustainer of our lives. And so if you were to look at this on the actual on the internet you can find it on bible hub and you can also find it on biblestudytools.com and it's strongs number 5315 and so this just confirms what we've already said that nefesh is the soul it's the self it's the life it's the person it's the living being it's the inner being of you it's the inner being of me. So, again, that's for the week. Let's reflect on Shub Nefesh. Shub Nefesh. And if you'd like additional information, scan the QR code and you'll find a good article uh, that you can actually read over. So, I think we're almost getting there. If you want to also use a study sheet, you can scan this QR code. And that'll give you a study sheet that you can actually use before getting started. So if you want to pause the video and hit your printer or, you know, use your iPad or whatever tablet you have, um, that'll give you an opportunity to have a guide as you're actually studying. And so again, we're going to start it with Romans 14, and this is found in the CSB. You can find this again on BibleGateway.com. We are ready to get started just as we are to just take off and just into new horizons as we learn God's word. We learn his word and we learn how to apply it to our lives. And so it's always good that we start with an overview and I found I like the overview found on again, Bible gateway. If you can tell, I like that actual website and it's called the disciples literal new Testament. And you can find this in uh, Romans 14 and you'll see these very same headings. If you're writing in your journal, go ahead and write down these sections, accept those, accept those weak in the faith. Don't judge the opinion of fellow servants Live for the Lord as you think best, for each of us will give an account to God. And don't let your good choices cause spiritual harm to others. Walk in love. There's also additional sections, and that's let us be pursuing peace and things that build up, not things that tear down. And hold to our convictions, but carry the weak. Don't just please ourselves. So that's just the overview of what we're going to be reading today. So we are going to start with the historical background. So you can find this historical background in the NIV cultural background study Bible. Um, I believe the copyright for that is 2016 by Zondervan and you can find this quote. So let's take a look. Pure and unclean foods. Just before exhorting Jewish and Gentile believers to accept each other, Paul addresses the question of pure and unclean foods. That's found in verse 14. Sometimes writers say particularly controversial matters for the end of a speech or letter. After tracing theological and moral grounds for unity between Jewish and non-Jewish believers, Paul comes to some practical issues that are apparently causing division between Roman Christians. The three Jewish practices for which non-Jewish Romans, especially mocked Jews, were circumcision, food practices, and holy days, though some Gentiles in Rome emulated some Jewish dietary and Sabbath customs, the latter two are addressed in chapter 14. Most peoples and even some philosophic sects had distinctive food customs. Jewish people, however, attributed their laws to God. And in the Maccabean period, many had died as martyrs for refusing to eat pork. Phoenicians, some Syrians and Egyptian priests also avoided pork. By contrast, Greeks insisted that pork was delicious, Some educated Jews in Egypt viewed biblical laws about foods as merely symbolic, but most Jews insisted on practicing them. Gentiles often mocked Jews for their their dietary separatism. Jewish people did not accept or expect most Gentiles to observe Jewish food laws or holy days, but did expect Gentile converts to Judaism to do so perhaps including Gentile Christians. Leviticus eleven forty four through 45 deals with holiness as separation and may suggest God gave special food laws to Israel, particularly to keep it separate from other nations because most cultures have their own special dietary practices. For Jesus's followers called to reach the world, however, its principle of moral separation could be retained, listen to this, without cultural separation. Man, that's something we need to think about today in our times, without cultural separation. So we're gonna jump right in. We have the overview, we have the historical background, so that will help us as we study. Now, you will see little photos along the way above my highlights. For those who, of you who like to do uh, digital journaling, you can do this. You can do it on Good Notes. You can do it on a note shelf and I'm naming uh, iOS apps. Or if you have like to physically use a hard copy, you can use your own photos and art and be creative. But this is just the way to just make the text jump out to you and to enjoy your time of study. And so let's get started. The law of liberty. verse Chapter 14, verse 1 welcome anyone who is weak in faith, but don't argue about disputed matters. One person believes he may eat anything while one who is weak eats only vegetables. One who eats must not look down on one who does not eat and one who does not eat must not judge one who does because God has accepted him. Who are you to judge another's Household servant. Okay, again, remember we read the historical background because if we don't know this, we'll, we'll be, you know, you read along, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, Paul, what are you talking about? Okay, so we have that background, and so in your Bible, or and actually, here's another tip: you can actually go on like to BibleGateway.com. You can open a Word document, you can copy and paste the scripture in there, and then you can highlight digitally. Or again, by hand, you can go on BibleGateway.com or another website, print it out on the hard copy, take that sheet of paper and highlight with me as we go along. Okay. And remember the rule, the hot, there is no rule. Um, you highlight whatever the Holy Spirit is illuminating for you and write down your revelations. Last tip, you can even double space your actual text so that you can write when you're studying, you can write your thoughts and your ideas and your questions and your revelations. Okay. With that said, um, my first highlight is, but don't argue about disputed matters. And if you can see my little, um, lady up there, you know, uh, sometimes as Christians like that, like you see, first of all, you know, when we hear that we're ready to go in um but Paul is saying hey don't don't argue about these things these these petty things about food and then he goes through verses 4 verse 4 up to verse 4 and then he ends that with saying look you know in today's language who are you to judge another another's household servant. Because remember, there are different Christians um, at that time. You have those who were converted from Gentiles to Jews. Then you have those who were naturally Jews. And so they had different reasons for doing what they decided to do According to their dietary laws, but the point here is that Paul is saying, "Who who are we?" And even today, you know, um, the things that we all choose to do in our separate lives, do we tend to judge each other for that? And so the Lord knows, this is a quote, the Lord knows the motives inside each person's heart and he never abandons anyone because they're weak. He patiently works with each of us to remove our fears and build our faith until we stand firmly in him. Paul warns us to avoid of thinking of ourselves as a judge over others. He puts our relationship to to other believers in perspective when he says, look, we said that, who are you, right? Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master, he stands or or falls and stand he will for the Lord is able to make him stand. And so that quote is found in Shell uh, study verse by verse. Uh, with Dr. Steve Shell, and it's called the book of Romans that's found on page 162. If you ever want to jot that down or pick up that book. And so if we can, can continue to read, it says in verse four, before his own Lord, he stands or falls and he will stand because the Lord is able to make him stand. So I put a little star there because that's the same. It's applicable to us today before our God we will stand or fall and he's able to make us stand or now he's not going to cause us to fall. We can only do that by cooperating uh, with any uh, spirit of the antichrist. So let's continue. Verse five, one person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one, here's my highlight, be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day observe it, observes it for the honor of the Lord. Whoever eats, eats for the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. And whoever does not eat, it is for the Lord that he does not eat it. And he gives thanks to God. Right? So let's highlight, be fully convinced in your own mind. So if you have um on this matter of eating and there are things that you are fully convinced in your mind, you don't allow anybody to talk you out of that, especially if you're doing it in in honor of the Lord. And so then Paul turns and he says, okay, let's not just deal with eating. Let's take a look at days. You know, whoever observes the day, that person observes it for the honor of the Lord. And so he's, he's saying whether it's a special day, whether it's dietary restrictions that a person imposes on themselves, that there's really not any of our business on, you know, trying to convince that person or convince them out of their own personal belief. So just the question. Just a really quick question, and that's only for you to actually answer this question because you have. we each have to determine where we stand. So here is a law text message coming your way just for you to think about, and you can pause the video if you need to. The question is, where do you stand regarding the Sabbath day? where do you stand? And um, you can take your camera or additional device. And this is from godquestions.org and the Bible Project. You can scan both of these and, and read these or scan over these articles to see, you know, where do I stand? Where do I stand regarding the Sabbath day? And do I judge anybody else if my, their stand is different from mine? So that's just something to think about. Let's continue with verse seven. For none of us lives for himself and no one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and returned to life for this, that he might be Lord over both the dead and the living. But you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Okay, so here's the highlights. I highlighted most of verse seven. For none of us lives for himself and no one dies for himself. Verse eight, if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. I highlighted the key point here to me. We belong to the Lord. And then he's also saying, he's reminding us that Christ, he died for all of us, both the dead and the living. And then that last highlight for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. So listen to this quote found in the NKJV New Spirit Filled Life Bible based on regarding verse 10. Christians are not to judge each other with reference to the practice of moral neutral issues. So let me say that again, moral neutral issues, since each individual is responsible to God as the Lord, he has the right of such judgment and it belongs to Christ. Weak and strong Christians alike shall all stand not at each other's judgment seats, but before the judgment seat of Christ, that judgment will be based on what we have done in this life. It will not determine whether or not we enter heaven, but will determine degrees of reward in heaven. So when you see that for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, that is not to determine because we're saved. If we've confessed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's not dealing with our salvation. It determines our rewards Our the judgment seat that Christians will stand before is to determine the rewards that we will receive. So the Lord knows the motives inside each person's heart and he never abandons anyone because they're weak. He patiently works with each of us to remove our fears and build our faith until we stand firmly in him. Paul warns us to avoid thinking of ourselves as judge over others. He puts our relationship to other believers in perspective. Again, when he says, who are you to judge the servant of another to his own master, he stands or falls, right? So he's going back to the verse that we just read. So the key is that we allow God to judge these matters. These are non-essential matters. And again, that quote can be found in study verse by verse by Dr. Shell. I believe it's Steve Steve Shell. So let's continue. Verse 11. For it is written, as I live says the Lord, every knee will bow to me. That's found in Isaiah 45:23, and every tongue will give praise to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us no longer judge one another. Instead, Decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. So I highlighted, I love this. Every knee will bow to me. So, you know, I heard Pastor Robert, uh, Robert Morris talk about this and it's the statement he made, I'm paraphrasing, is that every knee will bow. It's just a matter of whether it's willing or unwilling. That's good you know and every tongue will acknowledge and praise God and give praise to God you know you have we are just fortunate that we are christians and so when we bow the knee we bow the knee now on this side of glory willingly willingly and so we again paul reiterates in verse 12 we will give an account of ourselves to God. That's why we don't worry about passing judgment. We remember not to pass, to pass judgment, that we will give an account for ourselves. And this, this should cause us to examine ourselves. And we actually need to know that we can look to see if we have selflessly loved people, especially those who are weak. And again, this does not mean these are not talking about issues of false doctrine or times when we do need, you know, he says you, you can judge a fruit, a tree by the fruit it bears. So there are doctrinal truths that we have that we need to, in those cases, we do need to, you know, help our brother or sister out, but Here, Paul is talking about, again, those non-essential things that we shouldn't argue about. So Paul's warning here is that we no longer judge one another. And that is expanded to mean that believers should passively tolerate such things when they see them in other believers. That, again, non-essential issues. He is specifically addressing things that don't matter. Uh, They don't matter, you know, whether which day you actually decide is the Sabbath and which day or what dietary restrictions you place on yourselves, right? And again, he said, every knee will bow and that we are called never, not sometimes, never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of our brother or sister. Let's continue with verse 14. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one, it is unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered so i highlighted to that one it is unclean and then again you are no longer walking according to love is what paul is saying and then his warning do not let your good be slandered so it just goes back to what we were talking about in the previous verses that you know the person determines what they consider is unclean as far as dietary laws. And again, we want to reiterate, we're not talking about those standards that God has set. We're talking about non-essential standards that we do not get into or we, we don't quarrel about, we don't argue about, we don't want to cause someone to actually stumble and then he warns us and he says look at that in verse 15 do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom christ died therefore do not let your good be slandered so here he's just he's getting ready to help us a little bit and say you know even though you might have freedom in an area let's say let's hear that again freedom in an area where someone else might not feel as free He's saying, "Do not let your good be sl- be slandered, or don't destroy." Listen to this: Do not destroy someone else. So sometimes our beliefs could destroy someone. So the Holy Spirit's giving me a scenario. Let's say, for instance, that you know a person's a believer and they say, "Well, you know, hey, I can drink wine," and da 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 da. We're not going to debate that, but let's just put it in the context of this. And then let's say there's a person who struggles and they have, you know, an issue with alcohol or, you know, some abuse of alcohol in their family and they get with you and they go out to lunch at Applebee's or whatever. And then they see that particular person drinking who believes it's okay to drink. Well, you could cause that person to stumble by your liberty, by your liberty and by your beliefs, because you don't know what struggle they may tell you or not. You know, whether they have an issue with alcohol, they might not tell you. And so it's just because they've seen some mentor of theirs or someone they look up to engage in drinking alcohol. And what that person might consider is freedom may be bondage to someone else. So Paul is saying, do not let your good be slandered. And so Paul demonstrates here the importance of not allowing our own personal opinions to cause someone to stumble, that the main goal with our Christian family is to pursue peace. We are called to walk in peace. The main goal is resisting our own personal rights for the sake of peace. We can keep some of our private beliefs to ourselves. The biggest lesson that Paul states in these verses is to do everything from the attitude And position of faith, close quote. Okay, so that's just something that we just really need to take in and think about. So let's continue with verse 17. For the kingdom of God, look at this, is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So then let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. Man, that's good. And so again, the goal of God's work on this earth is not to determine whether a person does or does not eat meat or meat or drink wine. The goal, listen to this, of God's work on earth is to promote salvation of the lost and the spiritual growth of believers. These goals are achieved by preaching the righteousness of faith by forming communities of believers who are worshiping and ministering side by side in peaceful harmony. And, my, and by teaching people to find relief from their suffering, not in alcohol or other addictive activities, but in the joyful presence of the Holy Spirit, Paul invites us all to join him in choosing to do things that promote peace rather than strife, things that make people stronger in their walk with God rather than expose actually expose them to temptation again close quote study verse by verse so again that goes back to you know not allowing our personal freedom to cause someone else to fall that we keep it between with between ourselves And God, you know, I put that if you look at the little uh photo of the deer, you know, eating, as much as we wouldn't even care about a deer eating, you know, that's how much we're encouraged by Paul to make an issue out of these small things. You know, you think about other things that may you may have heard, like growing up, you know, it was a big thing to have on uh pantyhose or you know, not to wear. I knew no growing up I Typically, didn't wear pants to church, you know. And I still, because I've had that habit put in me so much, I I tend to not still. Um, but that has nothing to do with anything, you know. Or we don't argue about those types of things, or we keep them those thoughts and um, non essentials, right? We keep them from getting in the way of what God would have us to focus on. So let's continue. Verse 21. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. Whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves, but whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and everything not that is not from faith is sin. So again, sin is not just a private matter. Everything we do affects others and we have to think of them constantly. God created us to be interdependent, not independent we who are strong in our faith must without pride or condescension treat others with love patience and self-restraint certainly we try to steer clear of actions forbidden by scripture but on some issues remember those non-essentials scripture is silent you can find that in the life application new testament commentary so believers should ask what effect Will my actions have on others? What matters to God is that we are loving towards those who are weak. Not that we are right about a non-essential issue like this. Close quote. And again, what did we what can you highlight in your Bible? Do anything, right? That is it, it is a good thing not to eat meat or drink. So if you know you're out lunch or whatever. And even though you might be okay to do something, you know, like drink wine, Paul is saying, Hey, it's good not to cause your brother or sister to stumble. Right? So it's a good thing to abstain because you're putting that person ahead of yourself. And then he says, whatever you believe about these things. So keep it private. Keep it private. I highlighted that. And blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. So, you know, we don't want to come into condemnation by something that we've given ourselves freedom, but we're blessed when we don't condemn ourselves by what we already believe and what we've approved of. So, but then highlight doubts and then not from faith. So that's pretty strong, you know, when you think about it now, I, you know, you have to come draw your own conclusion here. I don't believe this universally means, you know, whenever we doubt um, we, we are in sin because you think of the uh, scripture, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of where he says, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. So sometimes our mind will doubt and our heart will believe. But Paul is basically saying here on the surface when it comes to these issues, If you believe that you shouldn't eat pork or vice versa the other way, and you go and engage in that when you believe that you shouldn't, then to you, that's sin, you know? So it's based on how we define our own personal actions, because based on what Paul said is that we'll give our own account, keep the the private, the matter private. And then we'll give our own account before God. The biggest issue is salvation. The biggest issue is not causing our brother or sister to stumble. But I highlighted or double highlighted that word blessed because I like that because anytime we see that, remember, that's another word for happy. But let's just take a look at it again Um, in this scripture and it's found Strong's G3107. And you can find this on biblehub.com and uh, I believe blue letter, uh, Bible.org and Bible Gateway. But you will see that I found this on biblehub.com. And again, it's Strong's 3107, Greek 3107, Makarios. And it's another word for blessed. Do you see that? Blessed bless is another word for happy, um, to be envied. Right. And so if you look at that, he's saying to become large when God extends his benefits, that blessed means you're fortunate. It means that we are receiving the favor of God, his grace benefits. And that happens when we receive or obey the Lord's inbirthings of faith or when we just obey the, the word. You know, Paul is giving us a word here, how to handle these non-essential things, the same things that they were wrestling with back then we wrestle with now, you know, there was a time where, you know, sometimes we think, okay, well we should listen to Christian hip hop rap and then we should, you know, it's not holy enough. We don't get into debates about those small things, those small things. Those again are non essential matters. Paul is not saying that if it's something that's God's standard, and he said, for instance, you know, thou shalt not steal, that's not something that a person can decide to do. We can judge, we can step in, we can give a rebuke because that's an essential matter. But non-essentials are things like, well, this person listens to um, hip hop, uh, rap, Lecrae, and one person thinks, well, that's not holy. You shouldn't listen to that. So those are the things that we don't want to get caught up uh, in and cause a divide in the body of Christ. So I hope you were blessed by this. Let's just take a minute and you'll find this next section in the Dakes Annotated Reference Bible. I have modified some things, some things, you know, I needed to do further research on. I think he had like 20, but let's just kind of sum up what things we should take from this chapter 14. So number one, and you can pause this if you wanna write this down or just do a screenshot and you can include it if you're doing some digital um, study. Uh, What should we do? Fellowship with one another despite differences, check this out, in personal opinion. We do not despise one another. We do not judge each other on non-essentials. Uh, We recognize that each man is God's servant and personally responsible to God for what he allows himself to do aside from what aside from what is forbidden to all. Okay, again, that 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 we're not talking about essentials. We're talking about non-essential matters. Right. We we are to recognize that no man will fall who consciously. Follows God and the light he has received. We are to judge no man as to how they keep the Sabbath and when. What else should we do? We should judge no one concerning allowable foods or drinks. Um, We let all live in peace for the Lord and for each other. We want all to live in peace. We want each of us, each of us, or be reminded that each of us will give an account to God. We do not cause anyone to stumble. We demonstrate love by giving up things that destroy others. You know, don't allow our liber- liberty to cause someone else who struggles to fall. We demonstrate love by giving up things that destroy others. Again, that's what we just said. Do not bring reproach. Repro- I'm sorry. Do not bring reproach on Christ by your Christian liberty. Follow the things that make peace and edify others. Do not argue over non-essential matters. Remember our little um, gif or gif? It said, first of all, right, she's ready to go in. And then 15, practice your faith before God and do not parade it before others. And then lastly, what's the last thing we need to do? Bear the weakness of others. Bear the weakness of others. So, we're wrapping this up. I pray that you've been blessed. Look at, let's look at this quote from Max Lucado, and this is found in the Encouraging Word Bible. The church should be marked by how we love each other rather than how we judge each other. None of us can do what all of us can do. Remember his commission to the disciples. You, all of you collectively, will be my witnesses. Jesus didn't issue individual assignments. He didn't move one by one down the line and knight each individual. You, Peter, will be my witness. You, John, will be my witness. You, Mary Magdalene, will be my witness. He didn't do that one by one. But rather, you, the sum of you, that means all of us, shall be witnesses to me jesus here's the point works in community and then one thing that the holy spirit is taught and it's in the word that the blessing of aaron comes the oil the oil flows in unity and so we are in this together we are more than followers of christ disciples of christ we are members of his body he is the head of the body the church I am not his body. You are not his body. We together are his body. So we see law, another message. Let's talk, let's think, let's reason together. Let's be like the Bereans. You know, we went through this chapter. So overall, Max Lucado summed it up for us very well. And so here's just the question that you can think about. Jot the answer down in your journal. How important do you think this chapter is regarding the Christian community or kingdom of God? Let me, let me read this again. How important do you think this chapter is regarding the Christian community or kingdom of God? I'll give you a hint, just one word, division. And I'm going to leave it at that. So after going through this chapter, what is your reaction? You can scan mine below. So here we are reminded of his holy word, the book of the law. And as we normally end, we end with Joshua 1.8. Yes, it's from the Old Testament, but there are some truths that are universal. And so Joshua reminds us, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you and I will make our way prosperous and then you and I will have Good success, and so we are just believing God today. And those of you who are on uh, listening to this, or if you know of someone who's not saved, you can use this prayer today. We give that invitation of salvation, and all you have to do is repeat after me, read this. This is found in the Amplified Bible. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 13. And so if you would like to repeat this and just be invited, God is inviting you into his kingdom because he says to you, all you have to do is acknowledge and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So repeat after me, God, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, I believe in my heart that you did raise him from the dead. God, I know that with the heart and with my heart, this will result in my justification, that I will be freed from the guilt of sin and I am being made acceptable to God. God, I confess this with my mouth and this will result in my salvation. God, thank you. Father, because you said whoever adheres to trust in and relies on him will not be disappointed. Thank you, Father, that I will not be disappointed, that I, whether Jew or Gentile, there is no distinction that you are Lord over us all. And finally, Father, thank you, according to verse 13, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for saving me this day. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. And so, this is a time for for you, for us to participate together. Put someone on your mind. Write someone down in your journal. A name that God is highlighting for you. Someone who needs to be saved, or someone who just may be struggling. They might have a health issue. You know, we um, are to to are called to prayer. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And so it's not a special gift, all of us, a special gift for only a special few. It is a gift given to us all. It's our way of community and fellowshipping with God. So as we continue and we close this out, we want to thank the Lord for being so faithful to us and leaving his, his holy word. Now, remember in the word, it says in the beginning, God, And then in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so as you have gone through this Bible study, you have fellowshiped with the father. And so today, let's just end this by praying together. Heavenly father, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness unto us. God, you were faithful to us in Genesis when you said in the beginning or when it says, let there be God. We thank you. And then in John 1, 1, you gave us the living word, Christ crucified, Jesus Christ in the flesh. Father, although we will never on this side of glory see him, God physically, we won't see him physically on this side of glory. We thank you that his Holy Spirit and his presence abides within us. Father, we thank you that he said that if I don't come, that the comforter will not come. And so we thank you, Father, that he has sent the comforter and Jesus the Christ is seated on the right hand of the Father, daily making intercession for us. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit of Christ that abides on the inside of us. Father, we thank you for your holy word, for it speaks life unto us. Father, we thank you for being Shub. God, the one who's the refresher, the one who restores our souls. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and being faithful unto us. We love and we adore you. Everyone, God, under the sound of my voice, may they be refreshed. May they be restored. May they walk with you like never before. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And so may Yahweh bless you and watch over you. May Yahweh smile and be kind to you. May Yahweh look on with on you with favor and give you wholeness, peace, shalom, wellness, nothing missing. And nothing lacking. And so, as we continue, we know that we have been faithful to what he says in Proverbs 4 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, we get wisdom and all our getting, we get understanding. So he deserves our praise. He alone deserves our worship. We thank you in Jesus name. Be blessed. Amen and amen.